Hello, and thanks for sharing your time with us today on Newsnight. I am Ladi Akiri Duluale. With the general election in 2023 now at the top of the national agenda, with the campaign season kicking off, the issue of a violence-free exercise engages my guest, who insists that his state will deal with anyone who wants to create instability using political means. My guest also says, in spite of assessments by those he describes as critics, his party has done fairly well in keeping Nigeria secure, especially as security challenges are a global phenomenon. Newsnight talks to the governor of Kogi State, Alhaji Yahaya Belo. Governor Yahaya Belo, thank you for your time. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Ladi, and uh, good day to all of our viewers across the world. Thank you very much, Your Excellency. Uh, let, let's begin uh, with, of course, what everybody is talking about at one uh, point in time or the other now, and that is the state of the nation's uh, security, especially as it relates to the coming elections in 2023. Uh, we know that we have had some challenges, but do you think that uh, ahead of those elections uh, that we have cause to uh, be worried? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, issue of security in this country is, uh, is, is, is a matter of concern to everyone, starting from Mr. President to all governors, to all the citizens, both at home and in diaspora. But uh, I want us to, at all times, cast our mind back to how this country used to be before today. The situation has changed completely, even though there are still a lot more to be done. And I want to, even though I'm not speaking for, for, for the security agencies, but to the best of my knowledge, they have done their best and they, have, they continue to do their best. You see, most times we try to bring issue of insecurity to the media and downgrade or underreport the successes of this administration from federal to all to the states. Remember that security assets, starting from hardware to personnel, to their welfare, to training, have been very decayed in the years past. And it's only Mr. President, President Muhammad Buhari, who have come and is acquiring more hardware. There are some hardware that were last purchased during uh, President uh, Shio Shagari time. And there has never been anything that is added to it until now. If I go to a point where even some security agencies who used to go to the open market or look for you know, some of these uh, light uh, ammunition somewhere, but situation has changed. Then look at their welfare. What were, how many times have Mr. President improved on their welfare? So now there are challenges quite okay, but we shouldn't run down our country because of the current challenges we, we are facing. No any administration will come and solve insecurity 100%. Not even advanced countries, America, UK, Europe, Middle East, Asia. There has been challenges everywhere all across the world. But is Mr. President doing his best? Yes. Our security agencies doing their best, starting from the military to the police to paramilitary. Yes, they're doing their best. Are there challenges? Yes, there are challenges new emerging challenges that will require you know a lot of strategy to tackle and we are, we are doing our best even at state level 
lot of governors, starting from myself and every other governor, are doing our best to assist the security agencies in ensuring that there is security in the land. And there, there are so many things that are done behind the scene that must not necessarily be reported by security agencies or the government to curb insecurity in this country. And uh, I think the government is doing their best, and I have that confidence that we are going to surmount the whole challenges by the grace of God. Now, you, you mentioned the fact that, you know, there's, there's a lot being done behind the scenes, and uh, even though you also agree that there are challenges, there will be many people who are listening to you who will say that uh, those challenges uh, and the fears uh, that those challenges have brought about relate to the elections coming next year. Uh, that in some of the areas across the country where these challenges are prevalent, that, uh, that it might be difficult to hold uh, uh, elections in those areas. Do, do you think they have a point? What is happening now are pockets of issues across the country. Prior to 2015 general elections, there were bombs detonating everywhere, yet elections took place. So what is happening now and the way and manner the security agencies, the military, the police, the DSA, the civil defense, and every other person, the way we are tackling insecurity now, way ahead before the 2023 general elections, there is going to be peace and security and tranquility before the general elections. Given that, uh, let me bring you to Kogi State, where you are governor. Uh, Kogi State is, uh, by some uh, considerations, uh, one of the flashpoints uh, during election season. And um, in, the, in the past, in 2019, for example, uh, there were some acts of uh, 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 violence related to the elections. And so people express fears that in Kogi State itself, uh, you know, there's the chance that this might repeat itself come 2023. And in some instances, they actually say you, Your Excellency, have uh, in some ways fanned this. Uh, by the, remember the ta-ta-ta thing that you were said to have done uh, in, uh, in Ondo State and then uh, some of the other uh, controversy, uh, controversial statements that you were said to have made. So uh, perhaps you'd speak to us about that. I mean, is it that you also think that uh, perhaps violence, uh, you know, to some extent is permissible during elections or that you are just using that to warn political opponents? I want to put it straight to all Nigerians and viewers that Kogi State under my leadership did not witness any violence prior to my election, election of 2019, during the election of 2019. It was after general election, during jubilation, when some people felt, I mean, why were we jubilating? And then they tried to cause some, some kind of uh, uh, upset. And immediately, we allow the full wrath of the law to fall on those who try to form in trouble. But let me, you know, rewind or cast our minds back. During PDP from 1999 to 2015, there is a particular community, a particular local government from Central Senatorial District where I came from, where for months, almost 12 months, there were killings, maims, destruction of lives and livelihoods. Women, children, elderly were killed. And even in their graves, they were being still, their, their graves were even burnt in the Central Senatorial District and in some part of this country. Such is not happening. 
So what is happening is that, uh, you see, you caution as a leader, as a chief executive, you will caution the mischief makers across board. Everybody knows that, look, whether you're APC, you're PDP, or you're highly placed, I will deal with you decisively. In the past, we will beg, like I said, and I will repeat it. In the past, we will beg that please don't foment trouble. But I can see and we feel and we have intelligent, credible intelligence reports that some people are already, I mean, gearing up for violence before or during the next general election. And I won't come out to share my intelligence with the public, but I have to caution this time around and warn that whoever tried this time around would be dealt with decisively. And I still maintain that stand. Kogi states have largely remained peaceful under my leadership. No communal clash that is politically motivated. And all those that used to happen in the past who have propelled it. In 1987 or thereabouts, there was once a local government election that was held. And a lot of houses were bound. In my central senatorial district, even local government primaries were conducted and houses and lives were lost. But under my leadership, we don't allow that to happen. In the last 2019 general elections, a particular political party conducted their primaries, I mean, governorship primaries at the conference stadium here. A colleague of mine who came to conduct that election were weeks away to safety because they, you know, measure themselves in violence. In the last, you know, primaries that was, that was held, no one single APC primary, you know, were conducted under violence. But some other political party, a particular one, you know, they kill themselves, they maim themselves, and they're jailing up for the same thing again. So I should keep quiet and be watching them? No, I won't, I won't tolerate that. And I mean it. Whoever will step an inch into the soil of Kogi State and want to foment trouble before you strike, we'll fish you out and deal with the person according to the law. But what if those people who intend to foment this violence, Your Excellency, are members of your own party, as has been the case in some instances? If they are members of the APC, would you deal decisively with them, as you have just said? Those who live in Kogi State, members of my political party that are residing in Kogi State know that I spare no one. And none of my political party members or followers or executives or delegates will foment trouble under my leadership. But if we are, if we are to look at this issue uh, a bit more broadly, you are no longer going to be on the ticket for the governorship. You were in 2016 and then you were in 2019 elections. But as it is now, you won't be on the ticket. So it will be a new group of people, even from your own party, who will be on the ticket. And one wonders if, you know, the, the same kind of aura that has held, uh, as you said, around you uh, and your governorship will continue, especially now that you are not going to be on the ticket. Many people have said, well, um, you know, it's open field for everyone this time around because you are no longer going to be on the ticket. In Kogi State, we are laying a foundation for peaceful 
coexistence, peaceful conduct of primaries, peaceful conduct of elections, securing lives and livelihoods. And let me tell you, in APC, according to our party constitution, I remain the party leader till the, till the last second. I will leave office as executive governor before my successor, by the grace of God, will succeed me. And the Constitution of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, 1999, as amended, stipulates that governors are the chief executive officers of their state and chief security officers of their state. So I swore and signed to protect lives and livelihood till the last day I will leave office. And even after leaving office, I will collaborate and cooperate and join forces with the next administration to ensure that lives and livelihoods are protected. So issue of whether I will be in the ballot or not in the ballot, and there are a new set of people that are coming, does not arise. It's not a guarantee for anyone to think it's a field day that you can come to Kogi State and foment trouble because Governor Habelo is not on the ballot, he's not contesting. All those that are contesting are as good as myself contesting. Starting, it is assumed that I am the president contesting in Kogi State. It is assumed that I am these three senators that are contesting in Kogi State. It is assumed that I am the nine House of Representative members contesting in Kogi State. It is assumed that I am the 25 House of Representative House of Assembly members that are contesting in Kogi State. Both APC, PDP, other political parties are under me. I must ensure that everybody is secured. I must ensure that everybody live a peaceful, secured life and all of their conduct are according to law. Nobody will be allowed to break the rules of the, the, the rules. We have expended taxpayers' money. The little we're able to generate and the little we're able to collect in, in terms of envelope to fix infrastructures in Kogi State, to ensure that we touch lives of the citizens of Kogi State. Previously, during campaign like this, political parties, especially on oppositions, will come and destroy infrastructure what we use taxpayers' money to fix. This time around, I am not going to condone that. I will not allow anyone to come here and touch one single infrastructure, however minute it is. That orderliness that we are enjoying now, that peaceful coexistence, that unity, that security, relatively, that we are enjoying now, we will not allow anybody to come under the guise of politics or electioneering to come and tamper with it, the person will meet stiff resistance. Many of, many of the people listening to you, Governor Bello, will, will have some fear because, as I said, in 2019, uh, the situation was quite dire. Um, when, you, when you talked about, uh, you know, the situation that happened after the election took place, uh, yes, uh, in, in many material facts, that is, in fact, correct. But... Uh, I, there was the case of uh, the the lady, the uh, Mrs. Salome, uh, who was uh, who, who who was killed and burnt uh, with her house. Uh, so, people listening to you now will will, will say that uh, what you are in effect saying is that you are warning off the opposition. You don't want any opposition to come and campaign uh, in Kogi State in 2023 or for the 2023 elections, and that your target of ensuring security is against those uh, opposition parties? Uh, from, starting from the issue of uh, the unfortunate incident of uh, Salome that was killed, 
I thank God today that justice has been served on those who carried out that dastard act, which uh, those people cannot be traced to be a member of APC or my, 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 my political followers. People were jubilating that elections have come and gone successfully and winners have emerged. You know, uh, fortunately, I am the one that emerged. And then some group of miscreants, you know, came out from a, from a house and attacked them. And somebody's life was lost, even in that attack, who are supposedly supposed to be rejoicing on the part of the winner. As I speak with you now, those that, that killed those, uh, those, uh, those, this, that innocent boy are still at large. But we allow the law enforcement to, 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 to carry out their job, and nobody should ever take laws into their hands. And those, especially the person who killed the woman, have been sentenced to, 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 to an appropriate uh, punishment, as we speak, by a competent court of law. That is the, the, the kind of uh, situation that happened in 2019. It is not before the election. In fact, if anything, opposition attacked my followers Specifically, my deputy governor, my deputy, my deputy's uh, wife, who went to conduct elections. The pictures are, the image are still there. Maybe after this program, I could send it to you. Where his vehicle, thank God, he was, she was using uh, bulletproof. His vehicle, her vehicle was attacked. You know, only God saved that situation. And even during the election, we, we caught some, some mixed grants that were imported into Kogi State. It was after the election that we free them. So issue of me, you know, uh, threatening opposition does not arise. I am not in PDP, but during their, their 19, 2019 governorship election, they attacked themselves at the, at the, at the, at the stadium. During this particular uh, uh, 2022 to 23 you know, election, they attacked themselves. There are images and reports where all are all out there. They even sued themselves to court. It is not me that is, uh, that is opposing them. Within APC, there's nowhere you hear such violence. And if I said, look, if you are going to come to Kogi State to foment trouble, we are waiting for you. Don't do that. And if you try it, we will deal with you. And then some people are crying foul. Then it means you want to come and cause trouble. And a responsible governor, a responsible, a responsible chief executive will not wait until you attack. That is the responsibility of government. We must caution. We will warn. We will deal with anybody that will cause such a problem. If you know they are coming, you are coming with clean hand. You are coming to do just a normal politics. I mean, nobody will be will will will, will affect any other person. There are several political parties that uh, that, that that are existed who have participated in several elections here in Kogi State under my leadership as as the chief executive governor. And then everybody went on successfully. Nobody was attacked. Nothing happened. So if anybody is already jittery, then it means they are ready to foment trouble. And sincerely speaking, I am ready to deal with them decisively if they try. Let, let's come to the, the, the APC as a party itself. Uh, uh, you, you contested the presidential primaries. Uh, there was quite a lot of, you know, uh, uh, shall we say, controversy surrounding that primaries. Of course, a winner has emerged and so on. But I must ask you, were you, were you disappointed uh, both by the outcome and were you, uh, uh, were you thinking that perhaps uh, the party shortchanged you uh, in what eventually happened at the primary ground? 
In the uh, presidential primaries, there are no controversies at all. In fact, some people expected Mr. President to anoint or to, to handpick a candidate, a presidential candidate. But Mr. President allowed democratic process to take you know, its course and allow all of us, not one single person was even disqualified at that stage. We all went to the field and ballots were casted freely and then the winner emerged. I didn't win, but I learned a lot of lessons. And I thank God I learned the lesson from a champion. And the champion of that particular exercise is our candidate, Sintobola Ahmed Tunubu. He won free and square. And since then, he had moved around all of our aspirants, including those who even withdrew, not even score zero in that particular contest and pacified everybody, carried everybody along. And so far, we are moving as one united family. If the election is conducted today, I can assure you, Senator Bola Ahmed Tunubu, Strokshekti Makashim, we are going to win that election resoundingly. So I thank God that uh, the party gave me that opportunity to participate and to learn. I have participated, I have learned, and we are preparing for another season as the case may be. I, as a Muslim and as a person of faith, I believe that it was not done or it was not the right time. So at an appropriate time, God, you know, uh, you know, God will manifest and what will happen will happen. But I can assure you that it's a great event. We are all happy as a family in APC and we're ready to work together and deliver in the Tobala Ahmed Tinubu Kashim come 2023 all of our governorship uh, aspirants, I mean candidates, and all other elections we're going to win overwhelmingly in the next general election. But there are those who are accusing, there are critics of the APC that said, well, first of all, it took quite a while to put together the campaign council. And of course, I must point out here that you were appointed the national youth coordinator of that campaign council. And that uh, what has happened is that virtually all of you who could have raised strong opposition to the candidacy following the primaries have all been quote and unquote settled in one way or the other uh, and that, that's why it appears as if that there's some uh, uh, there's some unity uh, on, on how do you respond to that well issue of settlement uh, you see in this kind of exercise or game speculation rumor lies you know are allowed but those who know me and all of us that participated in that election knows that we are not those we're not you know we're not those who can be settled you know by any peculiar for any peculiar reason in apc we believe in this party it's a progressive party we're all leaders in our in our various rights and we're major stakeholders across the country so apc must win before anybody's personal or collective interest can be fulfilled. So nobody is settling anybody for, for whatever reason. Rather, the time it took our presidential candidate and the party to come up with the uh, presidential campaign council is a sign of sensitivity. It's a sign of responsibility. It's a sign 
that we are strategic in all of our thinking and in actions. Yes, I appreciate um, the, our presidential candidates for appointing me as the National Youth Coordinator for the Presidential Campaign Council. It took a time, it took a while, a while before he could come up with it. And myself, I had to consult wide before accepting this. And after acceptance, you can see jubilation across the country. That is to tell you the kind of person we have. That is to tell you the pedigree of our senator, I mean, our, of our presidential candidate, Bola Ahmed Tunibu Shatima. It means they know quality. They are ready and they have put a square peg in a square hole. Let me tell you that this single appointment is one appointment, too many jubilations, and too many strategies gotten right. If the next election is all about the younger generation, youth, both men and women, who constitute over 70% of the Nigerian vote, and these are the people that I have direct connection with across the country. Remember, I am the chairman. I was the chairman of uh, committee of youth, women, and people living with disabilities in our party during that uh, registration exercise. And I was able to mobilize over 41 million members into our party. Now, if such a man will have such an eagle eye to look at me and point to me and appoint me into this particular position to coordinate the activities and affairs of the youth across the country. It means, Mr. Ladi, that we are heading towards victory, a resounding victory. And in the last hours that the announcement was made, you can attest to it from both social, conventional media, on the ground, everywhere jubilation so it's as if the election is already won and i can assure you i will put in my best i will ensure that i govern i, I galvanize youth groups both women and women and, uh, and, uh, and and men people living with disabilities within the country and even outside the country to come and let us discuss and see reasons why we should elect bola ahmed Tinubu. and one of the reasons one of the, the example or the reason is just appoint the appointment he has given to me. There are those who will just be arrogant and leave their best 11. But Senator Bola Ahmed Tinubu, His Excellency, our presidential candidate, have eyes for good things and he goes for the best. He doesn't settle for less. So I can assure you that we're heading for victory. Let me, let me now come to the AP because one of the things that will uh, will be used as a yardstick for judging uh, as to whether or not as a potential voter uh, they would again vote for the APC uh, in 2023 is the issue of how far the party has gone in fulfilling the promises that it made. Uh, and on that score, of course, there will be quite a number of people who will point out that uh, there were three major planks, uh, the security uh, situation of the country, the economy, and then the war against uh, corruption particularly uh, the security one, plenty of people will say that uh, in spite of what you said, uh, that the party hasn't really done well uh, because the security challenges have spread. When they took over, it was Boko Haram and it was principally the Northeast, but that today virtually every part of the country uh, is engulfed in security challenges. That's one. Uh, with reference to uh, the economy, 
uh, things are really tough and that a lot of people are under, uh, are, are under the poverty line now. More people perhaps in any part of the world other than India. Uh, and for a time, Nigeria has had more people in poverty than India. And that all that really took place within the last seven and a half years that the APC uh, was in charge of uh, the federal government. So even if we take those two, before we come to uh, corruption or the battle against corruption, even if we take those two, how do you respond to that when people say to you, no, APC has failed in this regard? APC did not fail in all of our promises to Nigerians. On security, like I said, the, 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 the bombs that used to detonate in the Northeast and all what have you, the challenges of them have largely been solved. We are facing emerging challenges as we speak. And not only in Nigeria, but across the world. And like I said, this is the first time as a president, we have a president that could buy hardware that were never in existence, somewhere obsolete and somewhere just not in existence before today. And it is only now that you could see that Mr. President, we have a president that improved on the welfare of the security agencies. Yes, there are a lot more that needs to be done. The emerging challenges today needs to be tackled. You see, and most times we don't just appreciate what the leaders have done or what president or governors have done. If you compare it with the situation before 2015, uh, uh, general election. The, the difference is, is, is very clear. But today, you know, one little thing will happen here and there, and then it will be reported. And like I said, there are several other things that have been done to checkmate and to curtail and prevent a lot of, you know, some of these insecurities that can never be brought to the media, you know, to discuss. Then you talk of uh, issue of economy. Yes, there are hardships, there are inflation, and what have you. But the question is, which country of this world is having it rosy today? There are still a lot more that needs to be done. I know very well. And that is why we are rooting for uh, Bola Ahmed Tunubu, who have done it very well in Lagos, to come and take over from when Mr. President, uh, President Muhammad Buhari would have stopped to give us the best economy that one can ever imagine. All right, uh, if you take that as it is, and uh, let's now move to the third plank that I was mentioning, uh, and that's the one of the anti-corruption uh, uh, banner. There are so many people who pointed out that the more recent uh, arrest of the uh, Accountant General of the Federation was just the climax of what had been uh, mostly a failed battle against uh, corruption, uh, that because corruption seemed to have expanded, more and more people were involved, and. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people were arrested uh, and so on, but at the end of the day, it doesn't seem as if there was a concerted effort to fight it, uh, both at national and state level. So, I mean, how do you react to that, first as governor of Kogi State and then as a principal chieftain of, of, of the APC? Uh, first, it is said that it is those that are caught that are, that are referred to as thief. It is this administration that will rather expose the, corrupt, the few corrupt elements in Hamid. In the past, you dare not even talk about it, not to talk of reporting it. There are monumental corruption that took place in the past. If we, are for, we have forgotten so shortly of huge sums of money voted for the, in, in the, in the you know, for, for power sector 
until tomorrow we'll continue to ask, where is the power? But forgotten so soon, few sums of money that were voted for, you know, in the office of the NSA had disappeared. We have forgotten so soon. In the past, the accountant general that are talking of, you will not even hear anything about it. But this government is bold enough to say, look, my friend, there's money that you misappropriate. He was exposed, and then the appropriate thing is being done. In the past, you dare not say it. But, you know, if the few that are trying to be smarter than the system are being caught today, I think this administration needs to be given kudos. But I know that a lot more needs to be done, and that shall be done under Bola Ahmed Tinu by the grace of God when we come on board. Let's come to politics of inclusion, uh, Your Excellency. Uh, there are people who have said that, okay, in the case of, I mean, when you talk of politics of inclusion, you have gender sensitivity, you have religious sensitivity, and, you know, a, no, a number of other variables are brought in. And uh, one of the accusations against the presidential ticket of the APC is that uh, in terms of inclusion, um, the presidential ticket suffers from a lack of religious inclusion. The two candidates, the presidential and the vice presidential, are from uh, one uh, uh, religious uh, uh, persuasion. And then uh, even at the level of the states, National Assembly and so on, very few women have won the race in the APC to contest. So even at the level of gender, uh, nationally speaking, uh, uh, you know, that women too have suffered. So there are two questions here. The religious persuasion uh, of, of the presidential ticket, you don't think that really that should, that, that would, you know, affect the chances of the party in the election, that's one. And then the absence of women who are more than 50% of the population, you know, from most of uh, the APC slate uh, will, also, will also affect you, wouldn't it? My respect and sensitivity to all religion across the country. But let me tell you, in politics, you think of winning. Our candidate that you are referring to who picked a Muslim as his, uh, as his running name, first of all, practice this religious sensitivity or inclusivity from his home. His wife is a redeemed Christian, in fact, a pastor. Some of his children are Christians, and a lot of his aides are Christians. Then you take it from there. You see, in Nigeria, I blame this on our elites. When it comes to issue of politics like this, we bring some of these sentiments together. We're talking of who will come and solve the problem, who will improve on the foundation that is being laid by Mr. President in terms of infrastructure and all other you know, achievements. But we're bringing religion into it. The insecurity that you just spoke about now affects everyone. You talked of the economy, that we are struggling, just like every other countries of the world. It affects everyone. It does not isolate any you know, religion. Religion was supposed to be preaching salvation. We want to go to heaven, go to mosque, go to church. Don't bring it into politics. Politics today is all about who will win, who do you believe will come and solve your problem tomorrow. If you have insecurity in your house today and you're calling on security, you're not saying Christian security should come or Muslim security should come. You're talking of who will come and solve the problem. So I think 
we will put the correct narrative when the time comes or during the campaign proper and then see who is actually religious you know religiously sensitive or insensitive they are talking of uh, women inclusivity unfortunately it is not only in apc even some other political parties are even driving other you know women away they are not giving them any chance at all but i'll speak for myself in kogi state here this is the only state that gave women men and women almost 50 50 culture and the records are there that will speak for me do you think that it is that uh, women are more trustworthy and uh, more loyal uh, in in terms of uh, politics and uh, in political office because i noted that right from your uh, and you said your record speaks to you so let, let i mean i want to take a look at that record uh, right from your 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 adc uh, I think you are probably the only governor who has a female ADC, and then uh, you also you you also worked towards ensuring that all the vice chairmen of all the local governments in Kogi State were female. Uh, your SSG is female. Your head of service is female. Uh, is it that you found from experience that uh, the the females uh, the, the 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 women are more reliable than men? Uh, because in some of these positions, you had men. Uh, previously before you worked towards changing them if you want to in a race if you want to or in a journey if you want to go fast and probably get tired along the way look for guys but if you want to go far and then end the race or end the journey successfully get women around yourself women of substance and of course because my mother of blessed memory taught me how to relate with women, how to get the blessings of women. And uh, thank God I have more female children today than male. I choose to go the way of women from day one. When God brought me into this office and I had to choose my SSG, my head of service, at one point or the other, up to this moment, all women. Of course, uh, it is now I am urging every other chief executive to, to learn from me. I have chosen a woman as my ADC, and I'm enjoying the peace of mind when you talk of decorum in terms of my other security aides, how to conduct them, how to manage them. And a woman, you tell, him, tell her to stop here, she'll stop. Move, she will move. She understands how to manage a home. And as such, that is what they bring into public life and they are doing excellently well. The peace and security and unity we are enjoying today in Kogi State is what, one of the reasons is the inclusivity of women that I brought into my office. There are many challenges that will be faced by state chief executives because we are focused on the presidential, the presidential team and so on, but almost simultaneously with that election will be those of uh, most of the governors of the states. Uh, and at that level, uh, there are quite a lot of challenges as well, apart from the ones that we face at the national level. At the level of states, many states are indebted. Uh, in fact, economically, many of them are, in, uh, are unviable if the description of viability is measured by some criteria. Uh, they're owing arrears of salaries and pensions and gratuities. Uh, they're, uh, uh, they're owing contractors for projects completed, but which, you know, there isn't any real money. And then... They, they have huge uh, workforces, public workforce uh, uh, and all of that. And the revenue profile is 
very small and is dwindling because many of them are reliant on federal allocation. And even the federal allocation is, uh, is, uh, is also reducing, so the pie is becoming smaller to share. Now, at that level, you're a, you're a state chief executive, outgoing state chief executive. Uh, why is that the case? Uh, some people have accused you, for example, in Kogi State, uh, of, you know, of creating a problem by, uh, by some of your actions or inactions, and that many of the uh, you know, people who should benefit from government are, in fact, suffering. Uh, how do you respond? Let me start from Kogi State. I inherited the state or the office, or I took over the office, and I inherited strike from tertiary down to primary uh, institutions. I inherited backlog of salaries as much as even 14 months and pensions. And then issue of salary. When we came on board, Mr. President graciously granted us bailout. We use it entirely. We took other facilities. We utilize the resources we have and no one single state worker is being owed one dime today. Meanwhile, we inherited those problems from the previous administration. Before, Kogi so said, like I said, was, was the insecurity. My apologies. Uh, you, you're saying that you, know, you utilize the bailout fund because there was some controversy over that bailout fund that you kept it in an interest yielding account and then the whole controversy with the EFCC and Sterling Bank uh, uh, came up. So when people are hearing you now say you utilized it, some will be taken aback that, did you? <laughs> it is, uh, it's political, let me put it that way. Governor Yahabel's political profile was rising astronomically and some forces were jittery. They were scared. They were, they were, they, they couldn't, they couldn't, uh, they were astonished. They were dazed. They couldn't just to mark it rather than to come up with uh, a phantom, you know, lies. Let me put it that way. A white lie, what we call white lie, unverifiable lie. You know, they came up with that thing and uh, I think it has been dealt with and I'm putting it behind me. But that so, was the EFCC. And then we're moving uh, forward. Your Excellency, that was the EFCC. It wasn't some forces. It was the EFCC. Are you saying they were using the EFCC? Categorically, yes. And they themselves, no. But I feel for the young man because uh, it is, uh, it's unfortunate that he wanted his career to be tampered with, you know, using that particular. It's, a, it's an issue that I don't want to, I don't want to you know, dwell on so much because it will just, you know, uh, bring back the old wound that is healing. I can put it that way. But I can say it, all the records are there. We put all the records out there. Even if you go to our social media, I mean, our website today, all the records are there, the utilization of the, of the fund, 100%. So the bank statements are there, you know, all the documents that are supposed to be tendered or brought out at that time, we brought everything out. I knew I could have, you know, uh, pursue the case more vigorously, but I knew that it was politically motivated. And there are certain issues, if you drag it too much, you will bring down the roof. I just decided to allow sleeping dog lie because uh, it was just politically motivated. So, but thank God, I want to believe they realize their mistakes and um, they will have everything in subsequent actions against not only me, but any chief executive or any other innocent individual in the future. So, we utilize all this. Whoever is taking over from you in Kogi State, 
whoever is taking over from you in Kogi State is not going to inherit any arrears of salaries or anything like that. that I mean, that's the inference I get from what you just said. I can assure you, as we are today, we are not owing one single dime in terms of arrears for the state uh, or pension. In fact, we are paying backlogs of previous uh, administration, you know, indebtedness, even in terms of even gratuity. We inherited uh, gratuity as far back as um, 2002. No, 1992. Is it 92, 92 or 2002? You know, 2002. We inherited, you know, uh, uh, gratuity as far back as that. So that is what we are, we, we are facing. Then township roads and several other decayed infrastructure. If I let me tell you, a particular senatorial district, Kogi is senatorial district, that produced all the governors, PDP governors in this state in the past, were all 98% in darkness before this administration. But today we launched what we call Project Light Up Kogi East. They are over 80% having light, dedicated light, 33 KVA line. So these are the problems we inherited. And then we are trying our best to make sure we solve it. The insecurity that, you know, battered in, in, in Kogi State in the past, we have likely been able to cope that insecurity. Farmer had a splash. We have been able to subdue it and bring it to the minimum, you know, to bear its minimum. So these are the challenges we face. And we are meant to use our little and meager resources to take care of it very transparently. In fact, we have recorded uh, the, 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 we have been the, the first, let me put it that way, in terms of transparency and ability, according to World Bank. So we're leading for the three years consecutively now on SIFTAS. You know? So this is how prudent we have been making our, we have been. We will be, we have been the first ever since I assumed office to publish our annual account online. So this is what we've been able to do as a state. And then I, let me even tell you, uh, Mr. Ladi Akerodo, majority of governors, APC, under this administration, we're doing our best. This is not the very rosy time or the best of time to be a chief executive. But out of each and every one of us ingenuity, there are several problems that each and every one of us are confronting in our states. We borrowed leave from Mr. President, a no-nonsense president, who, is, who has zero tolerance for corruption, who wants things done. He has been assisting us, starting from bailout, infrastructure facility, and various other interventions. Mr. President has been assisting us, directly assisting the whole country. And we're doing our best. Let me even tell you that there are even PDP governors who, because of our own performance as APC government or APC governor, they are even trying their best. One of them is uh, uh, Barrister Yesom uh, Wiki, who is doing his own best. It is because APC government at the center and various other constituent uh, states are doing our best. So he has to double his own efforts too to ensure that he does not carry last. And he's doing his best too. So generally speaking, no governor will sit down and want to use failure to describe him in his state. Only that some perform more than the other, maybe because of the available resources that are available or their own way of uh, engineering 
you know, prudence and, uh, and accountability. So it is a tough time for us in this country, and it is occasioned by a lot of world uh, activities, war, COVID, recession, and what have you. It's really affected us. Your Excellency, thank you so much uh, for your time uh, today on the program. We thank you. It's been a, a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you, and God bless you. That's our program today. We would, of course, like to hear from you on the conversation. Our social media handles are right there on your screen. You can also listen to this and previous episodes of the program via our podcast. Please visit our website, channelstv.com, to get started. I am Ladi Akiri Dunwale. Goodbye. <laughs>